Good morning. It is Kale and Company live here on WKXL, NHTalkRadio.com. Great to have you along with us on this Tuesday. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Northeast Delta Dental has individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. You can learn more and find your plan at Delta Dental Covers Me. Uh, com. And coming up in uh, less than a half hour from now, we are going to have a very timely guest, Gary Boyle. He's been with us uh, before on the program from Ontario, Canada. And uh, Gary is known as the backyard astronomer, astronomer, that is. There's my Boston accent coming out. Uh, the backyard astronomer. And there's been, as you probably know by now, Lots of strange and sometimes suspicious things flying above us. And, uh, you know, not just the ones, you know, the, uh, the things that have been flying above us that have been shot down. But uh, I saw in the news last night on, uh, on WMUR things called Starlink satellites that uh, people were taking pictures of, I believe, on the seacoast area. And uh, they were somewhat uh, concerned about them, but uh, nothing to be worried about there. But Gary's going to explain that and uh, everything else that's been flying above us over the last uh, couple of weeks. Some people think they're UFOs. But uh, there have been uh, three instances of of these uh, unidentified things in the air. Whatever you want to call them. And uh, I, I, the White House says there's no such thing as uh, UFOs. So. But, you know, today, ironically enough, Kat, ironically enough, today, February the 14th is not only Valentine's Day, and happy Valentine's Day to uh, everyone, but it's also Extraterrestrial Culture Day. Oh, I love it. How about that? Yeah. I mean, with all those balloons flying around, you never know. Yeah, you don't. You don't. <laughs> and uh, it, it, by the way, is celebrated always the uh, second Tuesday in February, uh, which is today. I didn't know that, but it is Extraterrestrial Culture Day. Did, I, I know it was before your time, Kat, but did you see the, the movie <laughs> E.T.? I did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When did yeah. that come out? Oh boy, that uh, I, I bet that had to be close to uh, had to be close to thirty years ago. Let's I would see. think nineteen eighty two. Eighty two. Yeah, I uh, was I was born ten years later. <laughs> eighty two. Nineteen eighty two. Yeah, nineteen eighty two. That was, was forty one years ago. I know. Forty one years ago. Time flies, huh? That's been part of our culture for forty two years or forty one years, whatever. <laughs> Another Steven Spielberg movie, and he's he's still going strong. Yeah, that was yeah. one of his first, I think, uh, Spielberg movies. Yep. Yeah, but uh, at any rate, extraterrestrial culture day coinciding this year anyway with Valentine's Day. It's also uh, International Book Giving Day. Always thoughtful, I think, to to give a book, especially if what's inside that book is of interest to the person you're giving it to. I mean, if they have no interest in it, then I, I suppose it's a different story. But uh, at any rate, it's uh, in, and it's Library Lovers Day too today. Library lovers, lots of great libraries, and you know, uh, I, the libraries are, are a lot more than uh, just books now. 
I mean, they have, uh, you know, audio cassettes, CDs, you, you name it, uh, records that you can, uh, you can, uh, you know, take out and just like a book and, you know, bring them back after a week or two. And they have all kinds of, in fact, they even have art, you know, they can't that some uh, libraries you can rent like art and like if you're really? having, you know, people over that you want to impress and you normally don't have art hanging up at your home or your apartment or whatever your dwelling may be. You can rent these uh, portraits from libraries, and you can hang them up in your, you know, apartment or living room, and you know, take them back after the company that you wanted to impress leaves. <laughs> My yeah. gosh, so, that's so bizarre. It is. I mean, it, but it's true. I mean, they've they've had that for a while at what? at certain libraries. Yeah, I have never heard of that before. Yeah, and I could, was such a library goer. Really? Yeah, I used yeah. to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you can rent art at at certain libraries. Huh. It's also uh, uh, Safer Internet Day, and we could always use a safer internet. You never know what's going the on. The epitome of the internet is not safe. <laughs> Literally uh, uh, none of it's safe, no, unfortunately. No, that, that, that is true. <laughs> that, that is true. You, you uh, operate it at your own risk. You go on on your own risk, for sure. Just like a Ferris wheel, and today is <laughs> National Ferris Wheel Day. I think, I think you're, honestly, you're safer on a Ferris wheel than going on the internet. You know... I just have some trust issues now with everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And um, it is uh, read to your child day, which is very important. Very important to read uh, to your kids. Uh, my, my father used to read a lot to me, and uh, I appreciated that. And I, I was able to read at a relatively uh, young age, so I, I passed that on and read to, uh, to my daughters. So I think it's important to read to your children, and I think, uh, you know, most people do, and uh, it is it is very important, and uh, I, I read a book, that is, don't 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 read off like a, uh, you know, the internet, just just read a book, you know, like a Dr. Seuss book, that, that's enough to get a child uh, interested in reading at a, at a young age. Ooh, Dr. Seuss, yeah. that's, um, so Pittsfield Players, where I do a lot of my theater work. Yes. They are putting on Seussical the Musical oh, this fall. That, that is so great. It's going to be so that, fun. The oh. pit, the orchestra is going to be built into the stage. Oh, wow. Oh, it's going to be so fun. That is a great, Little great early plug. musical. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That That is a must-see. It is. I mean, the music in that show and just, you know, the Dr. Seuss characters, you know, are terrific and... Uh, you know, my, that's how my uh, my daughters learned to read was my reading uh, Doctor Seuss to them, and there are so many great Doctor Seuss books out there, and uh, I, I know they're they're probably uh, yeah it's, they're a little passe now I guess, uh, but you still see them you still see them being sold in in stores and uh, Doctor Seuss characters stuffed animals and stuff like that, and you still see it, but uh, you know not as much as as you once did, but. Uh, uh, and there's a great Dr. Seuss museum uh, in Springfield, Massachusetts. Springfield really has the uh, has the lock on great museums. Not only do they have the Dr. Seuss Museum in Springfield, Mass., but they have the Basketball Hall of Fame uh, as well and uh, other museums of note, which don't immediately come to mind, but they're there. And... Uh, and, and again, we'll be talking with uh, Gary Boyle, who's been with us before. We'll be talking about all the crazy things uh, that have been going on astronomically, meteor showers, uh, prominent planets, uh, Starlink satellites, seasonal stargazing, eclipses, 
You name it. We'll talk about it with Gary. He's coming up today at 835. It was good to see a happy ending to a story on top of the fold at uh, on the Concord Monitor today from the front page of the Concord Monitor. And it involves somebody that we know. It involves uh, Ellen Raffio, the uh, wife of uh, our good friend Tom Raffio, president and CEO of Northeast Delta Dental. And uh, you'll have to read the story. I'm not going to read the story verbatim, but uh, it's by uh, the great Ray Duckler in the uh, Concord Monitor today. Uh, Ellen Raffio and her daughter Annika are pictured on the uh, front page, happy to have their new dog Ice back after losing it for a short amount of time. But it's a happy ending and uh, a feel-good story on Valentine's Day. So uh, you can pick that up uh, today and read it in the Concord Monitor, or if you have the Concord Monitor online, you can uh, uh, do that as well. It is Kalen Company Live, and of course, uh, you know, primary season is already underway. Uh, Let's face it, Um, and we... Remember, Neil Levesque was on the program last week from the New Hampshire Institute of Politics at St. Anselm College. Neil assured us that despite the dastardly efforts of the Democratic National Committee to move the first in the nation primary to South Carolina, nay, nay, the first in the nation presidential primary will remain in the state of New Hampshire. It is very true. Uh, And if the Democrats want to participate, great. If they don't, that's okay, too, because we know that the Republicans are going to participate. The first uh, announced presidential candidate of note was former President uh, Donald Trump. But we have a new entry into the fold today, and that is former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley. And uh, Nikki Haley, in early 16, uh, 2016, uh, when she was governor of South Carolina, said she was embarrassed by candidate Donald Trump and decried his reluctance to condemn white supremacists. Nine months later, nine months later, she agreed to join his cabinet, serving as a key validator as Trump sought to win over skeptical world leaders and voters at home. And shortly after Trump left the White House, Haley, whose resume by then included an ambassadorship to the United Nations, vowed not to step in the way if he ran for the 2024 Republican presidential nomination. Yet on Wednesday, today, she is poised to become the first major Republican candidate to enter the race against former President Trump. And she has already, uh, this morning, officially declared her candidacy. So Nikki Haley, former UN ambassador, United Nations ambassador, uh, and former governor of South Carolina, home of the second in the nation primary, has entered the fray and is hoping to become the first female president of the United States. And you know what? I think she has a pretty good shot. I really do. We'll see what happens, see how it plays out. She's going to show up in New Hampshire on uh, Friday at the New Hampshire Institute of Politics. All right, we'll take a break. More ground to cover here, and then we'll talk about uh, what's up in the skies 
with Gary Boyle looking out his telescope right now from uh, Canada. We'll take a break. Kale & Company continues right here on WKXL, presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Kale & Company Live. We are with you every day, Monday through Friday, 8 to 9 in the morning. And then uh, if you missed it or just want to hear it again, and, you know, who wouldn't want to hear it one more time, uh, we play it again right after 7 o'clock at night here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. And uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, well, of course, they uh, won the Super Bowl 38-35 over the Philadelphia Eagles. And it is uh, the Super Bowl 57 is on pace to become the third most watched television show in history with an estimated 113 million people watching, according to a uh, preliminary report released on Monday. We'll probably get uh, further details to come. Uh, but Fox, Fox Television, uh, said the audience estimate includes the broadcast on Fox and Fox Deportes, as well as streaming on uh, Fox's and the NFL's digital sites. The figures are uh, via Nielsen's Fast National Data and uh, Adobe Analytics. Now, the top-rated, top-rated television show, television show, period, not sporting event, television show of all time, was the 2015 game between the Patriots and the Seattle Seahawks. Won by the Patriots, thanks to that Malcolm Butler interception late in the game. And uh, stupid strategy by Seahawks coach Pete Carroll, but we'll take it. We'll take it. Uh, that was on NBC, and that holds the record. at. And this does not include streaming. 114,442,000 people watched that game. And that was followed by... Super Bowl 51 in 2017, that was the Patriots-Atlanta Falcons game. That was uh, 113,668,000. That was the game in which the Patriots trailed 28-3. A lot of people gave up on the Patriots. Fortunately, they did not give up on themselves. They forced overtime and won in overtime in the only overtime game ever played in Super Bowl history. And that was uh, the uh, game on which the movie 80 for Brady is based. Super Bowl 51. That was uh, in Houston between Atlanta and the Patriots. So uh, there you go. They say that uh, this past Super Bowl was number three behind the Patriots and Seattle in 2015 and the Patriots and Atlanta in 2017, so uh, we'll get probably more on that, but uh, that's that's the way it stands right now, uh, even even as we speak right here on uh, WKXL. Again, a reminder that we're going to have uh, Gary Boyle coming up at 8:35. If you're curious about what's taking place in the skies above us, you will want to uh, tune in and or stay tuned in because if you're if you're not tuned in, you wouldn't be hearing me right now. Uh, not everyone, apparently, this is from the uh, New York Post, not everybody impressed with Rihanna's electrifying performance 
at uh, Super Bowl 57. At uh, you know halftime of the the big game between the Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs at State Farm Stadium in Arizona, many social media watchdogs are uh, accusing uh, Rihanna of lip uh, lip syncing, lip syncing her way through the show, with some calling it, and I quote here, the worst ever infraction in the history of halftime shows. Despite not doing a solo live performance since 2016, Rihanna didn't seem to miss a beat cycling through a medley of her greatest hits from Umbrella to Work in just 13 minutes. Now, if that wasn't impressive enough, the We Found Love singer announced she is pregnant with her second child holding her belly during the show. She was subsequently praised by fans online, claiming she had made a powerful statement for women around the world. Unfortunately, Rihanna's impressive rendition of Umbrella didn't stop wannabe music critics from raining on her parade. Many accused the pop star of miming the words along to pre-recorded tracks instead of performing them live. I don't think it's any secret. I think I think many of the halftime shows in Super Bowl history, many of them, not all of them, many of them have been pre-recorded. And with the kind of pyrotechnics and the high wire acts that this particular halftime show had, I mean, she was on a platform, folks, if you missed it, high above the field at State Farm Stadium in Arizona. I, I mean, I wouldn't go up that high to do anything. But she was high above the the fifty yard line uh, at the field, and and you know there's always I mean this is you know everything's very tightly calculated at these events you know they've got to run uh, as close to schedule as possible and can't take any more than a certain length of time, and you don't want to take the chance of you know things going wrong musically or technically whatever, and honestly I don't blame them if, if the artist lip syncs. I, I really don't. And in a situation like this, now I wouldn't want to go to the Bank of New Hampshire stage or the Bank of New Hampshire Pavilion or the Capitol Center for the Arts or the Palace Theater or any music venue and, and see performers lip sync. No, I would not want to see it there. In a major production like this that, you know, you, you can't afford to have any technical malfunctions uh, you know, I don't. I really don't mind. I'm not offended if they uh, if they record the music ahead of time and lip sync. I really am not. Yeah, I would have to add to that as a performer who's had to sing outside before. Never lip synced, but yeah. it's incredibly difficult in a big area like that to perform live. And a lot of the times in arenas as well. Um, even singing just the national anthem, there's actually a delay yeah. from when yeah. you're singing, and that's yeah. that. It can mess it up, and when you're on a time constraint, um, that's difficult you know, for you to follow through with. But also she was very pregnant. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. you know, it, it just really baffles me sometimes. The expectations are in the heavens for this woman who is a performer and an artist, and it doesn't it doesn't make her any less of one no, um, for I, doing what she needed to do. So people need to stop being self-proclaimed singers all of a sudden yeah. <laughs> and judging her. And, so. and, and music critics, because, you know, there are any number of things that could go wrong if you do it live. 
you know. It's uh, true. I'd yeah. love to see them go up there and do that. Yeah. They have a problem with yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, so. I'm not, not that Rihanna's uh, in, incapable of doing that because oh, she's performed much. many times. Mm-hmm. But on a stage like this, and when there were so many elements involved, like like the high wire act that they were performing, really, at this show, and, you know, all the technical things, uh, musically and otherwise, that could go wrong, uh, I mean, it almost would have to be recorded. Yeah. I mean, what she had to go through during this performance, up and down on the, on these platforms that were being raised and lowered and raised and lowered all the time. Well, yeah, yeah it's so true. And, you know, she actually was not lip syncing the whole time. If you really noticed, you know, when she was holding her mic, she was actually singing different riffs than what was playing behind her. Mm-hmm. So she was singing live uh, okay. for some aspects yeah. of it, but I think she was picking and choosing what to sing based off how winded right. she was. I mean, again, she right. was pregnant. Yeah. She's yeah. pregnant. So, um, yeah, I give a shout out to her, for real. This, yeah. that takes... I mean, I, I thought it was, I mean, I, I going in, listen, I, I knew none of her music, to be honest, uh, being as old as I am. But uh, it was an enjoyable halftime show. I, I think, you know, better than, better than most of recent vintage, I think. I, I really and truly do. So I, hats off to her. She just had a baby nine months ago, and she's... Uh, pregnant again, and uh, so uh, I, I thought it was a great show. I'm just, I was just concerned about the the entertainment value of it, which I thought was pretty good. And uh, you know, if she was lip syncing, uh, I don't blame her for it because there were so many things that that could have gone wrong in that uh, performance. In fact, Rihanna is just one of many pop stars accused of mouthing their lyrics during Super Bowl halftime performances with other alleged violators, including Katy Perry and the Red Hot Chili Peppers. How about that? Huh? So she's in good company anyway. All right, we'll take a break, and then we'll talk talk about the sky and what's up in the sky these days, and there's lots of stuff. Uh, Gary Boyle will join us right after we take this break. Kale & Company presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Northeast Delta Dental has individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. Learn more and find your plan at DeltaDentalCoversMe.com. Back with more right after these words. Stand by. Kale and Company live here on WKXL NH Talk Radio. Around the clock, NHTalkRadio.com. And uh, joining us now, very appropriate day for this gentleman to be uh, joining us because, as we mentioned in the first segment of the show, it is Extraterrestrial Culture Day. And uh, Gary Boyle, the backyard astronomer from Ontario, is with us. And uh, Gary, welcome back. Great to have you with us. Good morning, Ken. Thanks for having me back on the show. Well, you're quite welcome. Glad to have you, especially on this day. Uh, since it is extraterrestrial culture day, are you are you a believer in extraterrestrials? Oh, for sure, for sure. <laughs> really, I mean, space yep. is well, space is big, and really, the elements that make us, that make everything on Earth, the ninety-two natural elements found on the periodic table, are found throughout the entire universe, not just here. The universe, there's water everywhere. There's hydrogen in all stars. So if we have the right recipe that makes life, not just human beings, but any kind of life, that recipe must be out there somewhere. Mm. 
And uh, Gary, by the way, just as a point of introduction, is a, an astronomy educator, guest speaker, and a monthly columnist for the uh, Royal Astronomical Society of Canada, as well as a STEM teacher. And by the way, uh, the International Astronomical Union has honored Gary by the naming of asteroid 22406, Gary Boyle. How about that? Yeah, that's a very high honor that I'm still pitching myself almost every day. I'm in very fine company with uh, people like Mozart and, and presidents and so many high, you know, influential people that have asteroids named after them. To be incorporating that is a, is a great honor. And it's really just for the outreach I've been doing for the last well, 35 years going to schools and campgrounds on radio, TV, newspaper, just really bring astronomy down down to um, down to the public. Yeah, and and, uh, and 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 tell us about it in in terms that that we can understand and relate to, because there are a lot of people that pay quite a bit of attention to what's uh, going on uh, in the sky. And I'll tell you what uh, you sent, <clears throat> sent me a list this morning of some of the things you might want to cover. And one of them uh, was actually mentioned last night and actually shown on, on a local newscast here uh, in New Hampshire. I'm talking about the Starlink satellites, uh, which are up there right now. Yes, um, a lot of people have been uh, have been seeing uh, this train of satellites. Elon Musk is sending more and more satellites almost every day. The last launch that he sent up was just early Sunday morning of another 55 satellites. Wow. So uh, I actually sent you a link to a website that, that, that will show for Concord um, where you will see them in the sky over the next few nights. Yeah, um, it's... I was out I was out imaging the comet the other night and just happened to look up and just see these this string of, of uh, 50, 54 in, the, in that particular launch. Wow. It was really incredible to see. And as they all disappeared into the Earth's shadow, it was pretty, pretty dramatic. Yeah, and uh, there were some folks uh, in, in New Hampshire uh, last night who, who got some pretty, uh, you know, in, incredible pictures uh, of these uh, Starlink satellites. It was amazing. And they had them yeah, uh, last night on a local newscast. Yeah, because, like I said, it was just launched just a couple of days ago, so yeah. they're in lower Earth orbit now. So it means a lot more. Some is being reflected, but as you move higher and higher into the orbits and they get uh, dimmer and fainter and fainter. Um, and it is really amazing to watch, and I, I guess really you don't you don't even need a telescope for that, correct? Oh, correct. No, just just yeah. your eyes and just um, you know knowing what it is that they're not UFOs, not being attacked yet. Yep, we're not being attacked. No, not being attacked. So, Gary, what do you, what do you make of all the activity in the sky of late that we've had from for well, we know one from China and otherwise though that we really don't know. Uh, you know, where, where they came from. Uh, we've had uh, three objects uh, shot down in the last several days. Now, uh, you live in Ontario, and there was one shot down over Lake Huron. How far are you, uh, away are you from that? Oh, pretty far. I guess it's uh, almost uh, as far as you are from me. Oh, in, okay. In Concord, okay. So well, it was way, way out there. But, way, uh, way out there. But, but you... Interested in this? Are you concerned about it? What What is your take on the whole thing? Well, interesting concern. I mean, the uh, the extraterrestrial idea always comes up, yep. and I'm I'm shooting that down because 
extraterrestrials can move apparently really, really quick, such as a few months ago when we saw the, the videos of the ones that were circling that, that Navy ship. Yeah. Uh, apparently, one of these dropped 80,000 feet in one second. So they wouldn't stand in the sky to be blasted out by one of our slow missiles. They'd be moving halfway around the Earth. So I think there could be other country technologies testing uh, both the U.S. and Canada's uh, response, picking up these smaller and smaller objects, um, and for hopefully um, not for, for a good outcome. So I think it's, it's just a test how far they can really push our buttons. Yeah, exactly. And uh, one, of course, was shot down uh, in Canada, in uh, the Yukon uh, area, uh, over the weekend. So, uh, you know, they've been all over the place. Uh, I mean, uh, so we have to be aware of that. And I guess uh, we're, we're noticing more because we're at uh, a higher alert right now. Exactly. I, I guess they turned up the, the gain on sensitivity to find more of these. And, yeah, really we're keeping their eyes wide open now on anything that's moving the sky that shouldn't be. And I guess rightfully so, shoot it down. If you don't have a flight plan, you're gone. Yeah, and, and some of those, uh, I think the last three were actually in, in flight space, right? I mean, they were, uh, you know, like 40,000 feet in a couple of cases, maybe 20,000 feet in another one. And, uh, you know, we're talking about, you know, at the at the elevation that uh, commercial airline uh, flights are, are, are flying. Yeah, that, that is that is the danger. And uh, they probably think that they can get, get away with, uh, with uh, seeing how high... They can go before they hit space. The Carmen line in space is 61 miles or about 100 kilometers. So, um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, interesting times for sure. Yeah, no doubt. And the other one, uh, the one that was eventually uh, shot down off of uh, South Carolina, uh, was flying, I, I think, at uh, uh, quite a bit more of an elevation though, than those uh, last three, correct? Uh, yes, yes. No, I think it was around 40,000 feet. Was it? But, oh, okay. But, yeah. But, yeah. But, yeah, but that was a balloon that everyone saw. Yeah. Apparently, these objects are cylindrical shape. So it could be a new kind of technology that other countries are testing. Um, uh, who knows? Yeah. So we, we, we will find out. But it's, uh, you know, things are certainly intriguing and, uh, and interesting. So one of the things you, you had as a topic to discuss were uh, meteor showers. Uh, yeah, we only have one MIDC meteor shower coming up in April, April 22nd. That would be the Leonid meteor shower. Uh, we'll only be producing about 18 meteors per hour. So um, we've, we've had a, a good string of known meteor showers in November, December, and, and January. Of course, weather's been terrible. The moon's been interfering. But uh, this one coming up is a so-so shower. And meteor showers occur the same time every year as Earth goes around the sun and crosses that imaginary finish line, which would be the, the dust tail of a, of a certain meteor, so we, uh, of a certain commentary. So we know when meteor showers always occur. There you go. So they're, they're very consistent, those meteor they showers. They are yeah. very consistent, yeah. 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 So what about the, the planets that are most uh, prominent uh, in the sky right now? Oh, yes. Everyone loves planets. And a lot of people don't know that these bright objects not UFOs, are actually planets. And these have been, planets have been seen for thousands of years. In fact, the um, the, the Romans call them the wanderers because they do wander across yep. the sky. The stars we see in the nighttime sky really don't move in our short lifetime here on Earth, but we see 
Jupiter and Venus now really coming together over the next few weeks. And Venus is this extremely bright object in the western sky after sunset, and because of its orbit around the sun, it's moving higher in the sky. And if you look further up to the upper left is Jupiter, about half as, half as bright as Venus, but still very bright, is moving closer to the horizon. So over the next uh, few weeks until the night of March the 1st, which is when they are very close together, only about a width of the full moon, and I dub these spooky eyes. So it's really something to follow over the next few nights if whether we do, uh, do allow you. The spooky eyes coming up uh, around March 1st, right, you said? That's correct. And I actually have a picture uh, that I've taken a few years ago of uh, the spooky eyes when they're on the horizon. Those are really stuff to see because you have these two bright things, something like a Bugs Bunny cartoon when, <laughs> when the, uh, you know, the, the eyes come out of the darkness. Yeah, but It's yeah. only one pair. But, 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 but if they start moving in zigzag, it's not planets. All right. Well, we'll talk more about that and uh, other things coming up. Gary, uh, stay with us. Have to take a quick break here on uh, Kale and Company Live on WKXL, presented by Northeast Delta Dental. And uh, we'll be back with the backyard astronomer from Ontario, Gary Boyle. Very interesting stuff going on in the skies above us. Right after these words on WKXL and NHTalkRadio.com. Back. It is Kale and Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. Gary Boyle is with us, the backyard astronomer from Ontario. And tonight, of course, is uh, Valentine's Day night, if you will, and hopefully a night of uh, romance. Uh, what may be brilliant in the evening sky uh, this evening, Gary? Well, hopefully in this clear weather. And uh, with the moon uh, not being not rising till about maybe three thirty in the morning, we have the beautiful winter constellations, Orion, uh, such as on all his buddies. We have about twelve of the brightest stars in the sky in Orion, the seven and around there. So uh, the people that live in the countryside too can probably see the, the winter Milky Way on the very left hand side of Orion. It's not as Right as the summertime stuff, because it's the edge of our galaxy, whereas summertime is the heart of our galaxy. Uh, we, we have the planets, and interesting too, we actually have Mars in Orion. And um, why not um, take some uh, digital photography if, if you can? Yeah, I mean the moon will be next next to um, a, a moon be next to Mars on, on the twenty second, and on the twenty seventh of this month, the very small crescent moon will be close to. Jupiter and Venus as they're coming close together. So we have some great digital moments coming up. Uh, so, uh, again, what is the uh, spectacular Orion uh, Nebula? Well, the Orion Nebula is uh, a huge shell of gas, about 42 light years in diameter, and the light year is 6 trillion miles for the T. And it's really just a collection of gas and dust where baby stars are coming together. There are about a few hundred stars now, and they think of maybe about 2,000 stars will eventually be made out of this nebula. And that's how all stars are made, just a collection of gas and dust that swirl and come together, almost like a kitchen blender, yeah. <laughs> but moving a lot slower and a lot larger, where the material is concentrating and toward the center, and the star grows. 
the heat increases, the pressure increases, and eventually that star lights up for millions, even billions of years. On uh, February 18th, I noticed uh, uh, before sunrise, we can look for a, a sliver of, uh, of a moon and mercury. Is that, is that right? That's correct. Yes, if you have clear skies. And, and the moon is great as, as an indicator where planets are. Of course, we have the, the bright planets that come next to you. But something like, like Mercury, if you're not sure, because it could be just a semi-brighter star, uh, the moon comes close to all these planets. But even Uranus and Neptune, which are pretty well telescopic or even binocular planets, using the moon as a guide is, is always a great help. And don't miss, um, um, miscount your cell phone apps, many great apps now on your smart devices show where the planets are, and um, you know, learn a little bit of sky. It, it doesn't take much. I mean, back in the early days, in the 70s and 80s, you, know, you need a, a, a course to turn on an IBM computer, and people think astronomy now are only for, for the geeks and, and professionals, but it doesn't, it doesn't take too much to learn the night sky, and uh, something that the whole family can really do. Now, if somebody's listening and uh, they have never downloaded an app to... Uh you know, to familiarize themselves with the planets. Uh, uh, what what is there an app that you might recommend for them? Well, I have an iPhone, so I use Sky Guide. Sky Guide, G U I D E, and the icon looks like a W, the W of Cassiopeia, the Queen in the Sky. Yeah. Well, it goes for a few dollars, and it's very valuable. It's uh, you go way in the past, way in the present. It shows even the nebulas, such as the Orion Nebula we just spoke about, and other objects in their true color, a vast amount of information on any object that you click on. So it's really something to have, but, but anyone is good. I'm not sure any good ones for I, for the uh, for the Androids. And for a computer, too, um, planetarium software is stellarium.org, S-T-E-L-L-I-U-M dot O-R-G. It's free software. Uh, again, it's on your computer, and you can really bounce around and see what's there, there in the sky and, and plan your night's, uh, night's viewing. Oh. And uh, you, you had on, on the list to discuss eclipses. Are there any eclipses uh, in the future? Yeah, we have a couple of eclipses later on this year in October, oh, on October. the 14th okay. yeah. of, of the month, but we'll be speaking before then. All right. um, we have a, um, a small one. It's actually an annular eclipse, so it's not the total one where people see the moon cover the sun completely, the moon will be farther away, and part of the sun will be seen um, uh, around the edges, around you know, one, one or two percent, and that's mostly in Oregon. Uh, but out here, Concord, here in Ontario, we see about a one-third of the sun being covered. We're saying that we never look at the sun without any proper protection, and uh, look for any astronomy uh, clubs in your area that, that will be hosting all-star parties, and eclipse parties, because some members just love looking at the sun, and they have true telescopes made to look at our, our daytime star. And two weeks after, on the 23rd, we'll have a partial lunar eclipse where only 10% of the moon is, is being hidden in the shadow. So, and eh, not a great year for eclipses. Well, there's a new moon I, I see on February 20th at uh, 12.06 a.m. Eastern Time. Uh, are there any uh, superstitions regarding new moons, Gary, that you're aware of? Well, the new moon, in fact, this new moon coming up will be the Chinese New Year, or, or was last year, and that's what the Chinese New Year is, is the Orkoff New Moons. 
of course, there have been various civilizations that 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 use the moon for for various uh, meanings and cultures. Superstition, superstition was really running rampant back then, but I'm sure there are still some around now that I'm not aware of that uh, use the moon for various events. You know, when I I was uh, younger, much younger, I was uh, with you know when I was with my grandmother, we spotted a, a new moon or at least what we thought was a new moon, she would always uh, be anxious to find a piece of silver to turn it over in her hand uh, to, to celebrate or whatever she was doing. And that was her superstition when, it, when she saw a new moon, was turn over a piece of, a piece of silver uh, in her hand. So, <laughs> yeah, 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 back in those days, they, uh, there was a lot of superstition. But, but just to, uh, to mention that, you would actually you would not see a new moon. A new moon is when the moon is either above or below the sun ah. in the sky, and and during a total eclipse, that new moon covers the sun, so you wouldn't physically see it. You, you wouldn't. That'll see be marked it. on 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 your calendar when ah. it occurs. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, what's uh, what is the difference between uh, a new moon and a a first quarter moon? Well, the moon actually rotates or orbits the Earth in twenty nine and a half days. So we have new moon starting at zero where you don't see it. So seven nights later that we see the first quarter moon or, or half moon. It looks like a giant D in the sky. Yeah, yeah. Then so, we move two weeks uh, a week later. Then we have full moon a week after that. Then we have the reverse capital D in the sky. That's third quarter. And then back to, to new moon to, to start the whole cycle. Now, it says quarter. It looks like a half moon. But only the quarter of the moon is is being lit from our vantage point, because there is no dark side of the moon. It's just the always the unlit part of the moon. <laughs> There's no dark so, side of the moon. <laughs> no, sorry, Pink Floyd. But if if when we see a new moon here on Earth, if you were able to travel on the other side of the moon, that side would be fully lit, just like when we see a, a little. Um, 10% crescent moon, like I said, on coming up on uh, on the 20, 27th, but Jupiter is only 10% lit as as we see. And you'll see beautiful Earth shine, too, so get those DSLR cameras out and try to take a few seconds exposure. But if you're on the moon looking at the Earth, the Earth will be 90% lit. When the moon looks 40%, the Earth looks from the moon 60%. So it's always, you know, equals 100%. So when when we see a full moon, if you're on the moon, it, it would it would be a a new Earth because now the Earth is above or below the sun. So so you can't see a new moon. I, we I've learned that today. You you cannot physically see a new moon. But so yeah, we're pro- that total, well, yeah just just turn, just turn that total solar eclipse when it's covering so, the sun. So so what we were probably looking at, or what people think is a new moon, is really a first quarter moon then. Yeah, probably, or that little the thumbnail crescent, that ten percent bit, but the, it it could be one of the one of the quarters. Yes. All right, All right. So, very very interesting. Do you think we'll do any more uh, landing on the moon? I mean, astronauts. Oh, for sure. Um, Artemis that went up uh, a few months ago and circled the moon and did just some fantastic readings. Had three crash test dummies uh, on board uh, taking. Uh, various readings and reports was totally uh, autonomous. The uh, in 2024 they'll be sending another one to the moon with astronauts, but not landing. 
And on 2025, they plan to have the first crewed mission, including women and uh, and minorities, people of colour, on the moon by 2025. So building a moon base is one of the goals of, of uh, going back to our natural satellite, and uh, it will happen. Way back when uh, the last time we were on the moon was in 1972, and people, yes, it really did happen. Yep, 72 was the last time. I know 69 was the first time. So uh, we did it uh, then, but it's been a long time since there's actually been somebody physically on the moon. Right? So That's it, and then probably another, within 10 years after that, going, going to Mars. Yep. Well, Gary, you're always a delight to have on the show. Very interesting stuff, and uh, we will uh, check in with you again in the not-too-distant future. Thanks for being with us. We'll do it, Ken. Take care. Clear skies, everyone. All right. There you go. There's uh, Gary Boyle. And uh, you can reach him at Gary Boyle X. Gary Boyle at X. P-L-O-R-N-E-T dot C-A. So uh, there you go. That'll do it for this edition of Kale & Company. Thank you very much for joining us. Thanks to Kat for her production skills in the other room. And uh, we especially thank you for tuning in. You can tune in again tonight after 7 to hear it again or tell your friends about it if they want to hear what uh, Gary had to say today, which was very interesting. Tomorrow, Dan Weed. We'll talk cars. We'll talk electric cars specifically right here on Kale & Company, WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. Thanks for being with us and have a great Tuesday.